Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. been a long time huh wonder if you guys uh, missed me at all welcome back in been a few days since i've last joined you right here on the live stream but i am as always glad that you are with me really thankful that you are with me on this morning after mississippi state beats virginia in the college world series let me just make sure the audio is working here because my uh my son likes to mess with the the board okay it's working he he likes to he can reach the levers now on my mixer and uh, he likes to to pull them up and down so <laughs> i had to make sure that uh, that everything was all there cuz uh, i never remember what my settings are on here and he comes up and he just pulls stuff up and down so uh, glad to know they're working and glad that again you guys are with me i'm michael borky and it's been a few days like i said i think it was thursday of last week was the last time uh, I did a live stream with you guys. I was off at the beach, and we got, in four days, about three hours total of sunshine. So uh, I'm glad to be back. The tropical storm Claudette, I think, just kind of ruined the week. So I'm glad to be back. I watched a lot of baseball, though, and so much has happened between last time that I was with you guys and today. But, of course, we're going to spend the majority of the time on Mississippi State beating Virginia last night. Zach gets us started on the comments. By the way, if you want to be like Zach, you can just drop a comment. I can display it up here. Whatever platform you're on, I can see them and I can put them up here as well. It's all consolidated, which is kind of nice. So that's, uh, uh, we'll get started with Zach. He said, I recall recently saying something about being prepared for cardiac dogs before the Notre Dame series. Since then, we've had three one-run wins and a blowout loss. And here we are. Yeah, I mean, that's Mississippi State's brand. It's just their brand at this point. I'll get to that in a second. I do want to remind you, though, if you are a new listener viewer of this, if this is your first time here, I do this unless I'm on vacation and I've got another one coming next month. Uh, Hopefully no hurricane this time. Uh, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., Periscope, the Sports Talk Periscope Facebook or YouTube. Find my YouTube channel, just Michael Borky. Subscribe on YouTube. I've got some... I do the stream is live on YouTube every morning, but uh, some video content as well will be coming this fall on YouTube. So check that out. Subscribe. Also, this gets uploaded in podcast form wherever you get them. Mike in the morning or my name should turn up results, leave a rating and a review. If you don't mind, I would appreciate that. But let's talk baseball. Mississippi State, a winner over Virginia last night. Six to five was the final score. Virginia had 12 hits to Mississippi State six, but it doesn't matter because the only uh, metric on the scoreboard that actually matters is the run total and Mississippi State had a couple of long balls in the top of the eighth that sealed the win last night and I will start with this before I look at like the box score Mississippi State was down four to nothing in the eighth are you surprised at all that they won this game I'm not saying and I never would say or never 
Barbara will say that Mississippi State is going to win every game that they are down by four runs in the eighth inning. That is not something that happens all that often. That's why when you look at ESPN, they have the win probability things. Uh, they're especially funny to look at in basketball, like when the 76ers blew a 31-point lead going into the fourth quarter. It was like 26 points with nine minutes to go. Like 99% of the time, the team with the lead wins that game. And it's funny to see the ESPN probability chart go from 99% to just shoot straight up because uh, the Hawks came back and won that game. You would have seen something similar last night. Four to nothing in the eighth is not a common come from behind win for anybody in baseball. But if I would have told you yesterday morning, Mississippi State's going to be down four to nothing in the eighth and they're going to win the game, would you have been at all, at all surprised? I see, I wouldn't have. It's it's not surprising. It is and it isn't because coming down from four to nothing, I mean, it really looked like Virginia had complete control of that game. But also, this is the brand. It's something that we've talked about so much and I talk about so much. This is what Mississippi State baseball is. This is why they are in Omaha again. This is why they've won two games in Omaha. This is what Mississippi State baseball, since I've been paying attention. Apparently, it's kind of always been this way. But since I've been paying attention, they had that one really bad year, I think, in 2014. But generally speaking, this is Mississippi State baseball. It is, yes, they have extremely talented players, like I've said to you guys before many times. They have talented players. But it's not like they are overwhelming people with talent. Um, they are limited in scholarships compared to Vanderbilt and LSU and Arkansas and other places. It's not a team that is just so overwhelmingly talented, and that's why they're getting to Omaha three times in a row, and that's why they won last night. It's not just talent. It is a talented baseball team, a program that acquires good players, but it's a mentality. It's a culture I say it over and over and over again because last night is a prime example of that. Last night is a, a microcosm, a small example, and a much larger sample size of Mississippi State baseball not being phased by a score, not being phased by a point in the game, not being phased by anything, really, other than their ability to if there's a strike left, I, I say this all the time. If there's a strike left, Mississippi State believes they are winning. Mississippi State believes they are winning the game. And they don't every time. They will not always come back from down four to nothing. But that result last night is not at all surprising. Because that's what this team has done. In 2018, they were a strike away from going 0-2. I strike away from going 0-2 in a regional, and they went to the College World Series. That's what this team is. That's what the culture is. That's what the program is. It's a mentality. It's a, it's a mindset. It is expectations personified. It is a gritty, gritty group of players that does stuff like this. That's what they do. This is their brand. I was actually doing an interview last night during the game. I had the game up while also doing the interview. And uh, it was with Brian Scott Rippey. And he said, you know, we're talking about Mississippi State baseball and why they are able to do this so frequently and, and why Ole Miss is not. That was the conversation. And during the interview is when Mississippi State hit those two home runs. And I, and I stopped him. We were talking about something else. I said, 
Mississippi State was down four to nothing going into the eighth. What do you think the score is right now? And he said, let me guess, they're winning. I was like, yep. And he was like, well, yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> that's what they do. I mean, it's it's awesome. It, it was incredible. The, the scene was uh, amazing. It's clutch. It's everything. But also, it's not at all surprising because this is what they do. This is why they're here. They did it in the regular season this year. They've done it in postseasons past. And now here they sit in the driver's seat. They've got – the beauty of this is, is it's Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday. They don't play again until Friday. So it's possible. It's not possible. Landon Sims will be rested and available. I want to ask you guys who Chris Lamona should pitch on Friday. Is it Will Bender? I think so. I mean, he, you know, he went deep into the ballgame the other night. Maybe you want to give him an extra day's worth of rest if somebody happens to beat you. Um, that's at least a decision that he gets to ponder. Because of the way the College World Series is set up, Landon Sims can pitch every game in the, the pool play. He can pitch every game. He pitched last night. He can pitch Friday. He will be rested and available Friday. If I'm Chris Lamotis, a couple of you guys say Houston Harding. Uh, and I, I would completely, completely support that 100% and think it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's a bad move at all or anything like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that. But I wonder if Chris Lamonis is thinking that maybe Bedner is available on Friday. And yeah, this is probably the correct answer. Not probably. This is what he'll do. Harding and save Bedner if you have to win on Saturday. Because regardless of, I'm talking myself out of my own take. How about that? (laughs) Uh, Regardless of who wins, whether it's Virginia or or Texas, um, they won't have uh, a Will Bedner available on Saturday, I don't think. No. Nobody that can compare to him. So you would definitely have the advantage there. And Harding has showed you the last couple of weeks that he is more than capable of winning a game of this magnitude, uh, regardless of who the opponent is, whether it be Virginia or Texas. He is absolutely capable of uh, of doing so. I'll talk about the game itself. I do want to get to more of your comments first. Uh, Chris, just simple. Go dogs, he says. That, uh, that, was, that was fun last night, man. That was That was a lot of fun. JP says, morning, welcome back. Yeah, man, good to be back. Really good to be back. Uh, especially because we didn't get to go to the beach at all while we were at the beach. So um, if I'm going to be sitting around inside, I might as well be sitting around inside um, doing work, I guess. It's a shame because, it, you know, there's nothing you can do about weather, right? I mean, nothing. Nothing at all. But uh, had a good time. It was with my wife's family, and they're great. So that worked out. Kyle's asking why Haydad isn't in Omaha. I, I don't know. I, I think it's mostly due to the fact that media being there is really a waste of time. You you get no access to anybody. They, they have a full stadium, but media can't even go to practices. They can't interview anybody. I mean, unless he wanted to. I think, I don't know. I think that's why. Um, yeah, I get. I, that's my only answer, I guess. Um better question would be, why am I not at media days? We'll talk about that later. Um, Rev says he was hired by Notre Dame. (laughs) 
Oh, man. JP says, 26 outs and two strikes, and there is a chance. The mothership win probability calculator algorithm has nothing to factor in Mississippi State baseball odds, much less the Moxian uh, finish these squads have. See, there are people. There are people out there that would argue, that do argue that there is no such thing as clutch. It's the analytics people. They say in basketball, there's no such thing as a clutch shooter. Uh, in baseball, there's no such thing as a clutch hitter. And, and I, I don't understand how you can watch games and watch players and um, not see that or not believe that. There is absolutely something inside of certain players that leads them to being better when it matters most. I'll give you an example. Um, in basketball, uh, I love New Orleans basketball. That's my team. Shooting percentage for Brandon Ingram gets worse as the game goes on. First quarter is better than the second, which is better than the third. And the fourth quarter his numbers drop off. And that's not entirely uncommon. As the game goes on, you get more tired. Defensive pressure picks up. But he has made big shots, and he's been clutch at times. But it's something that you notice. It's not the same. His game does not elevate in the fourth quarter. Maybe he's just learning how to how to play and figure it out and, and be a primary ball handler in key spots. I don't know. But his game does not elevate in the fourth quarter. There are other players who get better at that time, Damian Lillard, for example, he is the best fourth quarter player in the NBA, I think. He's the best. And Mississippi State baseball is that way. There is just something about them that is that is clutch, that is against the percentages. And when you have people try to convince you that, oh, clutch isn't real, that's not, that's not a, a real thing. It's luck or whatever it is. I don't I don't buy it and I don't know how you can try to sell that to anybody because we see it with our eyes. There are guys that are better in the fourth quarter than other guys whose game elevates when things are most tight. Their their game elevates when the pressure is most on. And Mississippi State goes into the 8th inning down 4 to nothing and great players I mean, Mississippi State was no hit through seven. No hit through seven. They were just useless on offense. Just useless. But in steps Tanner Allen. Did did anybody have any doubt that he was going to come through in that moment? There's a reason. Because he's clutch. Because he has something in him that rises to that occasion when the time comes. Pressure was on last night. Just a few outs left in the game. You were getting mowed down by a guy with elite stuff, by the way. We were told yesterday that uh, Virginia starter uh, Griff McGarry, which is a great baseball day, by the way, um, had really good high-level stuff. Fastball that could hit triple digits if he wanted it to. Uh, just had command issues all season, which when we even had, we had a guest that covered Virginia on the show yesterday, and he said straight up, um, don't let his numbers fool you because the stuff is elite. It just was really inconsistent, especially during the season, just couldn't throw strikes. But when he can throw strikes, it's elite stuff. And we saw it last night. He was throwing strikes. He had great command of his pitches. And in seven and a third innings, 
He gave up two earned runs and just one hit. Guy, guy was great. So Mississippi State's getting mowed down by a guy with really good stuff, and yet look at what happened. That's clutch. That's not luck. That's not random anything. That's what they do. You can't you can't watch this team and tell me that it's just luck that they win games like this. One run games, multiple of them to get to this point. You can't tell me it's luck. Spare me. Uh, JP says, yeah, throw Sims every game until it's done. Harding next game, and if you get beat, Bender can put you in the championship. That's the way to go. I wonder if Lamonis is considering Bedner, though, just to end it, you know? That, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but I think little guy hit his head. He's okay. Uh, anyway, Parker says, I think you pitch Harding and have Bedner fully rested whether they win or not. Harding has been pretty liable as of late. I agree. Uh, let's start a GoFundMe to get Haydad to Omaha. Yeah, uh, bring me with you. I'd love to go. I've never been. I have. Uh, I've never been. All the cool stuff uh, does uh, goes to other people. Um, so please, please uh, include me on that. Go for me. I'd love to go watch Mississippi State in Omaha. That'd be a blast. I uh, I talked to somebody that's there yesterday, and uh, state fans have showed out. Shocking to no one. Uh, state fans have showed out and uh, are most represented there. Uh, in uh, in Omaha. JP, hey, he said, then why haven't we discussed the Pels coaching change yet? Are you sticking to the media member hire instead of fan? Hello, Van Gundy, gone after a trip through the calendar. Not a peep. Well, um, well, I haven't been here really since it's happened. And, you know, we've got Mississippi State in Omaha, so I don't know how much Pelicans coaching search uh, I will do before that ends. But, um the players didn't buy in. They, they didn't buy in. He was um, – he's too old school for modern players. And um, they didn't buy in. And they wouldn't play for him. So you, you got to make a change. When, when, you're, when your team is not responding to a coach – I mean, there's a reason he was in the broadcast booth and, and not coaching anymore. And David Griffin took a risk and it failed. Took a risk and it failed. So I'm curious about that opening, though. We'll talk about that more maybe at the end of this or um, or later on this week. But I'm okay with the move. Players weren't bought in. What can you do? If you've got a team that's not going to play for their guy, you got to move on. You can't just get rid of your players. It doesn't work like that. And – Defensive strategy was fascinating as well. Allowing teams to take outside shots in today's basketball is really stupid because they can make them. Protecting the going inside out, protecting the rim first and then the perimeter is really stupid in today's basketball. But what do I know? Um, McGarry picked a perfect time to get it together. Yeah, he was a really good in the super regional as well, but he's got. You saw his ability, if he, if he can locate how electric he can be. The problem is um, he hasn't been able to locate, really. And 0 and 8, Tanner Allen at that. See, that's what I'm talking about. That that right there is a, a perfect example of 
nothing matters for these kids. Nothing matters. What the score is, where they are, who their opponent is, how many strikes are left, how many outs are left, what they've done going into this game or going into this at bat, it just doesn't matter. And you can't push back on this anymore. The sample size is too large now. You cannot push back on this anymore. You cannot say that it's luck or anything like that. I mean, I I saw people still poking at the idea that they got an easy regional draw. Well, they did. They did. And that's okay. Because Notre Dame wasn't easy, and you're not 2-0 in Omaha because of an easy draw. That cracks me up. Uh, I saw some of that last night as well. But you can't push back on that anymore. It's not luck. It's not draw. It's what they are. Now they're in the driver's seat. And it's one team or the other that they're better than. One team or the other. Uh, I would pick Mississippi State to beat either one. And you've got Landon Sims available, regardless of whoever starts. You've got Landon Sims available to go multiple innings and send send me to the championship series game. Could not have worked out better for Mississippi State. And Chris Limonis, so the, the hero of the game, um, Tanner Allen and Kellum Clark, and one of you, who was it? Harper said, let's not forget Clark's blast that got over the fence in 0.37 seconds. I think that might be too long. I think it got over faster than that, but that was the game. I mean, it kind of felt like it was just a, you know, an additional run and an incredible inning and not overlooked because it was a home run in a late in a college world series game. But in the moment that didn't feel like as big of a hit as it ended up being, it won the game. So those guys, guys are getting the headlines and the praise and they got the moments yesterday but um Preston Johnson's the hero of the game I think I think none of this matters none of what happened in the eighth inning matters if Johnson doesn't step in the way he did and pitch the way he did after they got rid of Christian McLeod that inning that second inning could have been so much worse i think virginia left five runners on base four of which in scoring position in the first two innings i think um but if if just one hit is given up in that moment the right hit i should say if johnson doesn't come in and pitch the way he did to stop the bleeding i don't think mississippi state wins last night but it's not just him um I mean, it was it was Johnson, Chase, uh, Chase Patrick, Stinnett, and Tuller. After Virginia scored those three runs in the bottom of the second, where the bleeding was stopped, five zeros in a row from the Mississippi State bullpen. But it started with Preston Johnson. Without him, they don't win last night. So uh, there's a phrase that that I use in football some where. And a lot of people use it. It's not unique to me, but this guy made the tackle, but this guy made the play. You know what I mean? Like if a defensive end gets pressure on a quarterback and makes him step up in the pocket and he gets sacked by a defensive tackle, he didn't make the play. He just made the tackle. The end that forced the quarterback down inside of the pocket, he's who made the play. So Mississippi State won the game thanks to a couple of really clutch home runs. But I think the play was made by Preston Johnson. Without him, the, those home runs don't matter. 
So that was that was huge. And that goes to show the development this season that Chris Lamonis did with his bullpen. So many guys got work this season and in pressure situations. He did not stretch his starters at all in the regular season. He went to his bullpen fast. And now you've got so many options that are reliable and capable and tested that you can pitch eight guys the way Mississippi State did last night and get the result you got. Eight guys. How many teams in America could have their starter go one and a third, give up four runs, and you win a game? How many teams can do that? Mississippi State can. Because the way Chris Lamonis developed and pressure, I I don't know, um, how should I describe it? Pressure treated. His bullpen all season long. All of these guys have, I mean, none of them have pitched in Omaha this year. But Johnson's been in pressure situations this year, in key moments. Parker Stinnett, same thing. Cam Tuller, same thing. Smith, uh, these guys have pitched in moments, key moments, meaningful games all season long. That's why you can throw eight guys and win. That's not common. They kept talking about it on the broadcast last night, how uncommon that is. I think it was the first time ever a College World Series team has won a game with eight pitchers, I think. Um, The season and the way it went and the way it was handled prepared them for that last night. Great coaching job. I mean, that, that's preparedness. That's that's the kind of stuff you don't think about in the moment. But because of the way Chris Limonis used his pitching staff earlier in the season, they were able to do what they did last night. That's direct cause and effect. Didn't stretch any starters. Didn't force any guy to throw 130 pitches multiple times in the regular season. Pitch counts were low. Bullpen was used a lot. And now you've got a bunch of reliable arms that proved it again last night. That's the kind of thing that I don't think about very often during the season. And look at what happened. It's incredibly impressive. What's up, Caleb? I bet you're feeling good this morning. Feeling really good. Now you guys get two days off to just chill and you know not stress out about anything. You get to enjoy the rest of your week and then go watch your team again on Friday night. That game, by the way. Uh, we'll also be at 6 o'clock. So you get time to get off work at 5, you know, get home, throw something on the grill, and uh, and watch your baseball. Chris says, Rowdy's line drive into the gap is always huge. And then asking about James's Jeter catch. Man, that's the thing that Mississippi State has done in the postseason. It's played clean defense. And they really struggled with that. You guys know this. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Mississippi State was awful at times defensively during the season. They played clean baseball in game one of the Super Regional. Notre Dame did not. That was the difference. Mississippi State right now is playing pretty sound defense. They're not giving opponents much, if anything. That's also a key thing. They struggled with that all season long. And then imagine that. Another thing that Mississippi State gets better at as the season goes on or as the postseason begins. That's a shocker. I mean, imagine that. It's just what they do. Like I said on Twitter yesterday, it's their brand. It's what they do. I want to get to this also. 
because it was something that I talked about. If you guys listened to the Sunday show that I pre-recorded, I, I brought this up, and I knew this was coming. I don't like complaining about announcers, in part because I know I could never do that job. I'm not talented. I couldn't do that job. Carl Ravitch will be more successful than I could ever dream of. He currently is more successful than I could ever dream of. He's making more money than I'll ever have. He's he's great, and I could never do it. So I hate complaining about and criticizing people that are doing things that I could never do um, in this business. You know, I mean, it's different. I can criticize a coach because I'm not one. It's my job to do so. But in this case, I mean, these are people in my business that are way better than me and always will be. But last night showed you why I was so frustrated and how some people are so frustrated with what ESPN does with announcing teams. And you may not think it's that big of a deal. And at the end of the day, maybe it's not. But this is the moment where college baseball is, it has a spotlight shined on it. You've got the guys from Barstool there who have been promoting college baseball through Ben Mintz and now Brandon Walker's getting into it and they're having a fun back and forth with you know who's actually growing the game and stuff. It's been really funny and those two guys are hilarious and uh, I've really enjoyed both of them being at Barstool. I think they're they're funny and they're they're different, but they seem like they're good pals and I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun watching the two of them interact with each other, especially after Mississippi State won last night. Um. The spotlight is shined on college baseball right now. And instead of having somebody that has that has called it, that has seen it, that knows it, that understands it, you've got a major league baseball guy that just does this kind of for fun, you know? And you could tell I, I man, I told you guys on Sunday, you knew that this was going to happen, but last night. Carl Ravitch was talking about, you know, they're talking about home field advantage and Omaha's a neutral site, but there's a lot of Mississippi State fans there and, and stuff like that. But Carl Ravitch said last night, I don't know much about Mississippi State's home field. Uh, what's it like there? Something like that to Kyle Peterson. And of course, KP knows all about it. So he got to editorialize and, and really, you know, talk about it. But how can the guy calling the College World Series, the College World Series, where it's a game that ESPN broadcasts, right? Like, they're invested in it, even though it's not a whole lot. College baseball is not the most watched thing ever, but ESPN is invested in it. So why, when it's at its biggest stage, would you have someone that knows nothing about it and doesn't care to find out? That's the biggest problem to me. How can you say that out loud? Did you not watch any Super Regional play last week? You know who the eight teams in Omaha are. Why did you not at least watch a game of super regional action just to know more about them and where they play? Or if you're going to be calling the Mississippi State-Virginia game, why do you not spend hours, what you should do, hours learning everything about Virginia baseball, where they play, what Charlottesville is like, coaches, former players, local restaurants, references back to Virginia baseball? And then why would you not do the same thing, of course, for Mississippi State? What their season was like, who they played, where they play, what it's like, what Starkville's like, what the local flavor is, dropping references to restaurants and bars and things that maybe only Mississippi State fans would know. But having 
you're the guy calling the game where college baseball is at its most watched. It's the College World Series. How can you say out loud, I, I don't know anything about where Mississippi State plays? It, and it's not that, well, he has been there. That's fine. You can say there'd be nothing wrong with, you know, I haven't had a chance to to get to a game there myself, but man, it looks like an incredible atmosphere there. KP, have you been? What do you think about it? Nothing wrong with that. But the fact that, oh, I don't know much about Mississippi State's home field advantage. How can you not? College baseball is on the cusp of becoming more popular. Now that Barstool's focusing on it, and you can hate Barstool, and you can think they're the worst or whatever. Now that Barstool's focusing on it, more people are going to start paying attention. Their brand, if Barstool says jump, their followers say how high. They have the most dedicated fan base, if you want to call it that, that I've ever seen. I mean, if Barstool's on it, it has national attention. Base, college baseball can be growing. It is growing. So why would you have somebody, the voice of the College World Series, know nothing about it? That's what frustrates me. <laughs> JP says, like you said on Twitter yesterday, you've been discussing their brand for weeks now. On full display, it is right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Caleb says, every move the coaching staff made paid off. Pinch hitting with Hatcher, Patrick getting the double play, all of the timely pitching changes, keeping Clark in at DH, all of it. Yeah, I mean, pulling the right strings. Chris Lamona says, um, you know, it, it's not fair, but, I mean, he took over a program that did just go to Omaha, right? So yeah, it, it, he had a really good team and a really good culture that was already established for him. But the things that he's done since he's taken over, it's his team now. It's his program now. And he pulls all the right strings. He's a great coach. I mean, what a find for, for Mississippi State. What a find. Um, his agent's probably pretty pumped today, too. <laughs> You've got a fat raise coming for Chris Limonis after this year. Deservedly so. Uh, I said yesterday on the radio that uh, Chris Lamonis's agent, I don't know who it is, should send John Cohen just the, the Johnny Manziel gif of just doing this right here. <laughs> you got to pay up now, John. You've uh, you've got to. Um, Caleb says, I put more blame on the ESPN producers in the truck forcing bad storylines. I have no problem with Ravage. Perez, though, not a fan. I'd rather give Dave Neal the morning game and Tom Hart the late. Uh, morning, Dave Neal, Chris Burke, Ben uh, – McDonald, evening, Tom Hart, Kyle Peterson, and no need for a third guy. Agree with that point. And those guys have called college baseball this year. They've seen these teams. They're aware of the quirks and the nuances of each program. And what I love the most about Tom Hart is he does what Ravage clearly does not do. When Tom Hart's calling a game, and sometimes people criticize him for getting too off topic, and I understand that criticism. But when Tom Hart is calling a game, he brings you stuff that you didn't know, even about your school. When, when Tom Hart calls a game, I learned stuff about Mississippi State that I didn't know, about Ole Miss that I didn't know. He researches everything, where they play, when it was built, how many seats, the construction company that built it. If there's an interesting angle there, local restaurants, bars, 
uh, famous alumni. He's got stories. Like when Tom Hart calls a Mississippi State game, you think that he has been a state fan for life, that he's a Mississippi State historian. Nobody is better researched than him. And I don't think he's worse than Ravich at actually calling the game itself. Why ESPN chooses to go with a guy that does not care about college baseball, doesn't call college baseball, and doesn't bother to research where these teams play over Tom Hart, who does it all season long and is the most well-researched guy that they've got to really put a spotlight on the most important two weeks of the sport. It's just, it's really missing the mark and it's really disappointing. Give me people that have called it. Give me people that know that are, that want to know. You don't have to go to duty noble ever in your life to know that it's the best home field advantage in college baseball. You can just Google it. That kind of thing doesn't happen with Tom Hart. And for the casual baseball fan that's watching college baseball for the first time this year, an opportunity was missed to promote a really unique, cool part of the game. That's what I don't like. It's a it's a very, you know, it's kind of a petty complaint on my part because Ravitch technically is very good. But the decision makers could do a better service to college baseball by having people that actually call it, that know it, you know. Harper says hitting it. Hold on. Hold on. I got to find this. Hitting a deer on the way was well worth this. Car can be fixed. I'm glad you're okay, man. I I mean, deer can really mess you up, but, but glad you're okay. JB says, turn on the radio, Bork. Nothing is changing at the mothership. Quit expecting them to do right. You won't be disappointed. Their watered down programming is dead. Will says expanded gambling on sport will lead to it growing without a doubt. There is a direct correlation between gambling and interest in the sport. No doubt. As lines become readily available for college baseball, rating numbers will go up. No doubt about that. JP says Carl Ravitch is a traditional voice. The older baseball fans tune in and recognize that name and and voice. ESPN is close to who their target audience actually is. And nobody's watching the College World Series because Ravitch is on the call. Nobody, I, I say nobody, um, very few people, if any, watch a game because of who's calling it. So those guys need to add to the game. Tom Hart does. Kyle Pearson does, and he's there. Ben McDonald does. Dave Neal does. Ravage doesn't. Will says, I disagree with JP. I want to be able to watch a broadcast and learn about both sides. You don't get that with hometown radio calls. ESPN should be better, and they are better with the afternoon College World Series crew. Um, Ravage would be great if he was always on college baseball. It's not on him that he gets assigned to a sport he doesn't get paid to follow. Um, I, I th- it feels like he wants the assignment. At least, you know, I've heard other people talk like, you know, he wants to call the College World Series. If that's the case, you should be more researched. It's a small complaint. It's a petty complaint, I know. But there's just so many great quirks 
with college baseball, nuances that the casual fan that doesn't watch that is this week could learn. And they don't. And that's a disappointment. What is not a disappointment, though, is Mississippi State winning in Omaha yet again. They're in the driver's seat. They're absolutely in the driver's seat, and I can't wait to see them on Friday night. Uh, JP, I promise you we'll talk NBA playoffs and uh, the Major League Baseball thing with the checking of the players if they've got spider tack or whatever on their hats and their pants. I'm out of time. i got to go. I'll show you some videos tomorrow of what happened last night. I know it'll kind of be old news by then. But Rob Manfred is making a mockery of the sport. And last night was an embarrassment, just an embarrassment for Major League Baseball, for the Phillies, poor Max Scherzer. I mean, my gosh, it, it was pathetic. So I'll, I'll show you the videos tomorrow if it's uh, if it's still relevant, if nothing pops up between now and then. Um, but, of course, we'll continue to talk College World Series and Mississippi State as well. So great win last night. Clutch doesn't begin to describe it. This is what they are. This is Mississippi State baseball. This is what they do. This is just what they do. So thank you for tuning in, as you always do. I'll be back tomorrow at 8. And in the meantime, you all have a great rest of your day. Catch us on the radio at 3 o'clock. And um, talk to you guys in the morning. Talk Mississippi Media Production.